Welcome, everyone. Sports Counterpoints Podcast. I'm your host. They call me GB. Got your stars of the show, Coop and Brian on the lines from Southern Cal and from Hayward in the building. What's up, fellas? What's up? Happy New Year. Man, Happy All New right, Year. Happy New Year's January 31st. Thanks, B, for that. Um, so today, let's just kind of jump into it. We've been off for a little bit. There's a lot to cover. Uh, so today's show is going to be about, you know, it's NFL, Super Bowl picks, got the Super Bowl next week. Um, excuse me, this weekend. Um, we'll talk about Tom Brady. We'll talk about some of the, the wild, wacky world of NBA trades. We'll talk about Bill Walton, Bill Walton, Luke Walton and the Lakers. We'll talk about um, some more NFL with uh, that. I don't even know what you call that, that blown call in the Rams Saints game. And also some information about some college transfers. So let's start with um, actually let's start with basketball. We're watching the Warriors. Warriors are playing the Sixers right now, about to lose. The Lakers are about to lose to the Clippers. Let's start off with the Lakers and Walton. Uh, Brian, go ahead and kick us off for today's show. All right. Well, when it comes to Walton, I think the writing is on the wall, and I think everybody it kind of knows it at this point. As a matter of fact, it's been talked about a lot in the last day or two with the AD announcement, but um, you know, I've long been a Walton supporter. I think it's written at this point that he's going to be fired and probably not too distant future. Um, especially if by February 7th, they're able to make that trade. Um, and I think it's unfortunate. I think Luke Walton is a good coach who is edging towards um, becoming a very good coach. I think that the young guys have consistently gotten better. Um, since he's been there, if you look at it, Randall, better. Lonzo, I don't like him, better. Uh, Ingram, better. Kuzma, better. Zubak, a lot better. Um, you know, so the coaching staff has done an admirable job of letting those young guys grow. Uh, I think, obviously, that LeBron wants somebody that he is more running than um, than than the, the coach running him. So, you know, I think it'll be someone like a Brian Shaw. It'll be a Jason uh, Kidd was, has been mentioned a lot in the last couple of days. Um, I can see that. Well, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that they haven't mentioned uh, Derek Fisher's name because really what you're looking, he's looking for is an ex player who knows him and respects him. LeBron is, uh, and will let him do what he wants to do and run the team. Uh, but anyway, so I, when it start, comes to Walton, I'll, I'll just cut it off there and then I'll come back and we'll talk, about, I guess, about the Lakers as a team as a whole. But when it comes to Walton, I think it's written on the wall that he's going to get fired. I think he's going to get a job real quick. Um, I think it's unfortunate. I think the Lakers are making the wrong decision and going the wrong direction when it comes to uh, letting LeBron pick his coach. He hasn't done a very great job. And as a matter of fact, the t- place where he's been most successful was when uh, Pat Riley told him he could not change the coach and that Eric Spolstra was going to stay the coach. And and it worked out well for, for Miami, I would say, um, you know, Jason to you. Uh, for, okay. Well, I'm with you. The writing was on the wall. I remember somebody said before when this team was actually constructed, that this team was constructed to actually get Luke Walton fired. Uh, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it looks like he will get fired. It looks like I, it, think yeah. will, <laughs> I think he will last the season though. Um, but I know Jeannie Buss said at first that he was going to last this season, but then he said it's a Magic's call at the end, Magic and Blake's call at the end. So who knows? But personally, I think he's going to last the season. I don't think he'll be around next year. And one, there's one person who I listen to, um, his name's, you know, Stephen Jackson, he used to play in the NBA, and he has this pulse, you know, on what's going on in the NBA because, you know, of course he knows a lot of players, befriends a lot of people. And he said that he couldn't play for Luke Walton and he don't think LeBron could play for Luke Walton. He don't think any of his players could play for Luke Walton, I guess, around that era. Around that era. And they asked him why, and it's because the, they never really respected him as a player. So they really can't listen to him as a coach. And that was kind of interesting to me because he was asked, well, you know, Pat Rowley and Phil Jackson, they weren't negative players either, but he said they didn't play. They weren't coaching their contemporaries, like people who they were playing against. They didn't coach them. They coached, you know, a younger generation. I found that kind of interesting. And when he said that, I pretty much knew from that point a couple months ago that, this, you know, Luke Wall may just be a matter of time before, you know, before he gets fired. Because I've seen, you know, little clips or whatever, how LeBron does him or whatever, and it seems like he's just not interested on, you know, what he has to say. He's not interested. And then there was a report that, a report that came out saying that, you know, LeBron's camp, you know, wants to, 
wants to change. And, you know, when you get LeBron, you know, things are going to change with your team. And one of them is going to be the coach almost certainly. So, but, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm okay with it if they can get somebody better. I mean, I don't think Luke has done a terrible job, but I don't think he's done a great job as well. But if you look at the hand he's dealt with, I guess he's managed it pretty well. But, um, you know, it doesn't really matter to me if they get a new coach or not, to be perfectly honest with you. Question for you. Who's better? I don't know. Uh, they must have somebody in mind. I have no idea who's available. Who's Jason, well, the, the, the talk in the last two, three weeks ago was Mark Jackson, and then a lot of people basically said Mark Jackson said no thanks. He, he, he you know, he wants to go and have an opinion. Um, but the talk in the last 24 hours, and it's been pretty hot, is is Jason Kidd. Really? Yep. Wow. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, I know Jason Kidd looked up to, uh, well, you probably already know this, but Jason Kidd's favorite player growing up was, of course, Magic Johnson. That's why he wore 32 in high school, and I know he really looked up to Magic. I don't know if that has something to do with it. But, you know, I, I, real quick, it's funny, because I remember me and Glenn had a conversation, you know, sidebar conversation about, you know, why the Lakers are trying to make moves real fast. And I was telling Glenn, you know, I, I would say it's because, first of all, LeBron, you know, He's getting up there in age. He's already been hurt, you know, 15 games or whatever. So it probably only has like maybe two good years left before you really see like maybe a steep decline in the last two years of his contract. But also Magic came out and said that he, uh, he can't put the Warriors in the same class as the Showtime Lakers. You know, you have to pretty much dominate for a decade to do that. You know, they've dominated what four or five years. And so, you know, they got, you know, some more time before he thinks he can consider them as one of the great, you know, dynasties of all time. And it's funny because that's funny to me because the magic can have a hand in ruining the uh, Warriors dynasty. So I think that's another reason why he's trying to aggressively, you know, get people, Anthony Davis or whoever, to come to the Lakers to dethrone the Warriors so they can't even be mentioned in the same breath as the Showtime Lakers because he sounded kind of offended about you know about the whole notion that they could be running you know great dynasties after. So I just found that I think that so. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I don't think ultimately it works out. I don't think that this, the way that they're they're handling the Lakers team, if you look at the Lakers that had the dynasty, they had a lot of pieces from the draft. They had Magic Johnson. They had, um, you know, Worthy. They had others. And then they added pieces. Or, you know, obviously the, the Lakers had uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If you look at the, the current Warriors team, it's Draymond, Clay, and Curry, all players drafted and grown. And then they added players, uh, Iguodala initially, right? Don't forget, we can't forget right. him, right. Uh, KD, and then and then Boogie. The Lakers had the ability to be a, a team like that, but I think that the the organizations got desperate and sloppy, um, and ultimately making a mistake because they're going to get rid of all of their um, their their young talent in order to uh, try and go now, and by doing that. Um, they're not going to be able to win because AD and LeBron are not going to beat those four guys. Right. Um, yeah. in, in my opinion, I, 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 yeah, I, I'll jump into. I actually have kind of not a conspiracy, but I feel like there's something that's been brewing for a while, right? And mm-hmm. since we're, gonna, I think we're going to talk about the Lakers next. I'll just jump into it. Oh wait, um, be, before, you, before, before you do yeah, that, let me ask you one quick question: How do you do you buy Kyrie to the Lakers? Because I don't personally. So I've been reading up a lot on this um, in the last like 24 to 48 hours. Uh, I, I now believe that Kyrie truly believes he made a mistake in trying to run away from uh, yes. the, the situation with LeBron. I truly believe that. I, I think he, he's, he figured it out and goes, hey, it's not easy. I truly believe Kyrie is not going to be. Uh, a Boston Celtic come this offseason. I think that the problem that he has is Kyrie went there to run the team. He wasn't there last year. They were the best team in the um, in the East. They made it to the Eastern Conference Championship, and um, and without him. And now he's back, and they're what in the fourth or fifth spot. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you know Terry, George, uh, uh, the, the young guys who were there last Rosier. year, uh, Rosier. Yeah. Rosier. Yeah. Um, they all when when they see where they are by trying to back down a little bit to see Kyrie, um, they recognize that hey we could we did this with we did better without him, um, and right. so they're not gonna they're not gonna let him run the team, so he's not it's gonna be impossible for him to get that that level of respect, 
and and build the the team that that Kyrie wants with those players because they now know what it takes to do it and they did it without him. So all of that said, no, I don't think there's any chance he ends up on the Lakers. But I do believe that if there was some way it could work out, he would have been open to the idea. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't think it's going to happen because, like I said, I have a I have a theory um, that uh, that I that I've kind of put together. Um, it puts some pieces together, which I'll talk about in a minute. But so while I believe that Kyrie would be interested in being part of the, the third guy, um, and I think that he genuinely understands the mistake he made, I don't think that it's actually gonna happen. Hmm. Interesting. What about you? Uh, yeah, about Kyrie, I think we talked about this before. Did I think he can lead a team? I said no, based on what I've heard about Kyrie. Kyrie just seems like there's just some guys. It's like it's like Dwight Howard. Who, Dwight Howard came to the Lakers. He wants to be the man, wants to be paid like the man, and treated like the man, but don't want the responsibilities of being the man. You know, controlling yeah. you know things in the locker room, answering questions, doing this, doing that, speaking, blah blah blah. That all comes with being the man and being having that salary. And it seems like it always seems to me Kyrie's just a dude who wants to come to practice, do his thing, and then leave. You know what I mean? And which is nothing wrong with that. You know, which is why I was kind of skeptical about, about the whole Boston thing. And if I've watched Boston play a few times, Tatum, Tatum and Brown, they're just not the same player with, with Kyrie. There's less ball movement with that team. Tatum, you know, he was pretty much rising last year, and he's pretty much become a little, it seems to me, he got maybe a little bit worse, even though he worked out with Kobe in the offseason. He got a little bit worse, and I think that has to do with Kyrie. And when yeah, he I, say, I, don't think, I don't think he got worse. I just think the utilization is is different when you have a guy who's ball-dominant like Kyrie at the point. Well, well yeah, yeah. Let, yeah. let me not say, yeah, worse, because, yeah, that's not the wrong. Yeah, I would say, yeah, having, having Kyrie on the, on the team, just, you know, that's, that was my big thing about picking Boston, you know, how do they fit with Kyrie, because Kyrie likes to do his thing, and he only averages about four or five or six games. So, you know, that was that was kind of different. But as far as that whole Kyrie to Lakers thing, I think all that came about because, you know, he, you know, he realized, you know, what happened in Cleveland, whatever. And I, I agree with you. I think he, he truly – you know, understands now he probably made a mistake. But at the same time, I just I, – I always still see him going to the Knicks than the Lakers. So I just don't see the Lakers thing happening. I agree with you with what you just said and where he ends up because that was one of the things I had written up uh, talk, to talk about a little bit later. Yeah, um, uh, we can – I mean, we so, could jump into the conspiracy theory. We're kind of staying on well, so, for now. So with with the idea here that there's, you know, there's a trade possibility and the 80 – Eighty the Lakers trade, right? The Lakers have apparently offered Lonzo, Kuzma, Zubak, Ingram, and picks, which I think is insanity, right? I think that's just entirely <laughs> too much to give. You, there's just no way that any, really, really any one player um, that you get back for uh, for all of those young guys at their skill levels is right. Twenty four ten on career uh, career averages is impressive. Twenty nine and thirteen this year is amazing, but he's injury prone and he doesn't finish seasons. And so you aren't going to win a championship with AD, LeBron, what Hart, Rondo, Beasley, Chandler, McGee. I mean, you can assume that if the trade gets done, that Melo's in the back room um, putting the cap on and, and signing up his signing his, uh, his contract. Um, and that there's some other buyouts occur. It looks like um, DeAndre Jordan will probably get bought out pretty quickly in um, in New York when he gets there. So you can see how buyouts and, and all that kind of stuff could put together an actual team that could compete by the end of the season. But I, either way, I just I just don't think that it's it's a smart thing. But here's why I really think that they're willing to make this deal now and give up everything in order to sign a third max player. They have to relinquish the rights to every single player that's on this list because they're all the ones making the 12 to $13 million and have years on the contract. They have to figure out a way to relinquish them. And so instead of suffering from the PR that they had to deal with with Randall and giving up his rights in the offseason, they're just like, oh, we're just going to say that it was included in the trade with AD, right? And AD was done. AD deal was done. And the real value in, the, in, in give, offering all of those players is clearing out the cap space so they can sign the guy that I've been saying for a long time that I think they're going to sign, and that's Clay. Yes. And so then you have a team with Clay, AD, LeBron, and and you know you've heard everyone's heard me say you know agnosium for a season and a half that I'm pretty sure Clay was going to go there and all different reasons why, and I won't go into them again. So it's 
if I think that's what's going on. And I believe that LeBron has been orchestrating this for a very, very long time. Everything that has happened has happened because of LeBron. He orchestrated the trade last season to clear the cap space and get the contracts ready for his arrival and in, in with the Lakers this year. Yep. He got AD signed with his best friend, Rich Paul, this offseason. Right. He got AD to announce that he wanted the trade and was only going to go to Lakers when they had their dinner after the game in L.A. Right. He was going to get all the young guys gone. So there's cap room so that he can sign the other guy that he wants. And he is ultimately going to get Walden fired because he believes that he can he can walk all over the guys like Brian Shaw, Jason Kidd, um, so on and so forth. And, And Mark Jackson was too strong a personality. So. You can, you know, I don't think Magic's done a darn thing. I, I, I've been saying that too. Magic and Palinka have not done a, a very decent job at all at actually managing the team and finding the ways to make this better. But LeBron and Rich Paul, I think, were probably what last season, middle of last season, or you know, whatever, December, January, right around when all these trades started happening, thinking to themselves, you know, okay, what do we want to do when, and when we get to Los Angeles? And he said, okay, we want to put together our big three, and here's how we're going to do it. And the Kawhi idea, you know, he he wasn't really squashing it. I think it has always been Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Clay. Ooh, I love it. Uh, Are the Lakers tied up right now? Sorry. Uh, Yep, 112-112 with 35.3 seconds. Wow. Sorry, people. We're watching the game. It's live. I got it on in the background. We were down by a grip. Now we're tied up. All right. Mm -hmm. Gave gave it up in the fourth as usual. Uh, okay, we're making two plays. Well, yeah. Okay, I like that idea, yeah, uh, and that makes a lot of sense. What do you think, Coop? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it does actually, because you know, like I've always, you know, told you guys, stuff that happens in sports is not by coincidence. It's been in the works for weeks, sometimes months. Um, you know, things are going in the background. If we, if you know anything about LeBron, LeBron is always orchestrating stuff in the background. So I believe that makes a lot of sense, and I know that LeBron has enough sense to know that he's going to need a shooter on his team and Clay fits that bill. So, you know, I'd rather have Clay than Bradley Bill. That's just me personally. Oh, man. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, have it, and, and, and here's, here's the thing, though. Kevin Love and, and Chris Bosh are a little frustrated playing with uh, LeBron. But for some reason, though, I just think the Anthony Davis thing will work because I just think he's a different kind of player than uh, Chris Bosh and, uh, and Kevin Love. Um, because, you know, of course, you know, LeBron doesn't want, you know, the, the lanes clogged. He wants to be able to go to the basket and, and, and do his thing. But I, I still think AD helps. And I also think AD knows that he can't win a title by himself. I just don't think he's that kind of player. But I am a little, I'm not saying skeptical, but Anthony Davis, he does get hurt. Uh, you know, that, that's one thing. He's been in the league for seven years, six or seven years, only won one playoff series, you know, whatever. So he does need the help. And I think uh, and- him and LeBron, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and adding to what you're saying, he picked. If you if it, if you believe my little idea, he picked the two best non-alpha players in the league. AD has never been one to be a leader. They always kind of said, "Oh, he's kind of the silent yeah. guy," and you yeah. know, Boogie was kind of the vo- the vocal voice. Drew was kind of the right. he just goes out there and does his thing. And Clay Thompson has obviously Definitely. learned how to play that second, uh, not right. not be that alpha guy because he's got Curry and he's got he's right. got KD and he's got Draymond. So he, LeBron, literally picked the two best players you could pick in the entire league who yeah. don't want to be the guy, right? Kyrie yeah. up until now wanted to be the guy. Kawhi wanted to be the guy. You know, all these other guys wanted to be the guy. He picked the yeah. two players in the entire league who can drop to what, 20, 29 and 14 for, yeah. for AD and probably the, the, one of the best. Um, one of the best pure shooters ever to play the game, but it's certainly right now in, in Clay yeah. to build his team. I, so I, that's part of the reason why I think it was those two guys. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I don't think the whole thing works though if we don't get Clay. I just, I just, I don't know who else I completely agree. A shooter. You know, I think, I think he's, I think Anthony Davis will get here. I think they'll unload everything, like I said, to, to get him. Um, but, uh, yeah, also, you know, another thing I was, I was talking to Glenn about, you know, Boston can't trade for him this season because of some trade provision or whatever. They yeah, can't, can't have two guys in their, in their, uh, who are working still year there. contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something like that. And so, um, so I believe the Lakers are going to work quick, quickly and I think they're going to get it done. I just well, think they, they're going to offer. They made the offer. 
they, they, uh, so yeah. the, the, the report this afternoon or evening were that they gave them five offers and they just said, here's yeah. five, pick one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the one that I was focusing on is the, you can have anything and everything that you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, so, right. You, you give up Zubak, who if I, I went to right. the game uh, last Sunday, he looked outstanding. Um, Ingram obviously just drops career high 36 looks outstanding. Lonzo, you know, is one of those guys that people seem to think can do something in the league and more power to him for believing that. And then, and then Kuzma's Kuzma. He's, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a killer. Yeah. What's uh, something ironic? I, yeah. The irony of it is, is that should that trade go through the exact same Lakers team that we had at the end of the season is now new Orleans with Randall, oh, right? Right. Zubac, oh, wow. right. And then right. all they're doing is adding <laughs> drew holiday and then here's yeah. the funny part. The, the, one of the things that they've said that New Orleans might do with all those pieces is trade a couple of them to the New York Knicks. Oh, right? wow. So that they oh, can wow. okay. get D, they can get uh, uh, Dennis uh, Smith Jr. So, you know, you're, I, I, Wait, if, you, no. if you look at the New didn't Orleans, go ahead. Didn't it get traded? Didn't it, 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 it got traded? Right? Trade 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 right? You just got traded to the Knicks, yeah. yeah. From Dallas, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, and, and what yeah, New Orleans, yeah. right? New Orleans wants, uh, didn't wanted or was interested in Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, as a trade to go with Drew Holiday, and so Lonzo wants to get out of, um, it, but doesn't want to p- play long term in New Orleans. And guess right. where he happens to fit? He ends up in New York, right? Right. With Zion, KD, and all Ooh. those folks when they get there, yikes! In Clay and yeah. in Kyrie or whatever. And then Dennis Smith goes down, and you have Dennis Smith, Drew Holiday, probably Kuzma, yeah. Ingram, and Randall. Um, you know, anyways, so if you if you can see where the pieces are kind of coming together, but I just think it's ironic that yeah, the Lakers yeah. have gotten rid of Randall. They're soon to get rid of Ingram, Lonzo, Kuzma, Zubac, and they're all going to the same place. Right. That's funny. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. But what, what, one more thing. I, I want to know how you feel about this because um, you know it's a it's a big topic, especially regarding NBA. Personally, I'm okay with players wanting to get out of places like New Orleans. Because personally, I think I'm talking about this. Well, I think there's just too many teams in the NBA. There's no need to have a team in New Orleans, Brooklyn, Oklahoma City, Sacramento, it, I mean, Minnesota. It's just you know just too many teams to me. And for and I don't know if you guys know this, but the GM for the New Orleans Saints is the GM for the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, but um, the person that the person that's running the Saints. That was running the Saints. GM is running the office of the uh, of the New Orleans. Uh, uh, New Orleans. I know it's the same owner. The same owner. Yeah, GM. yeah, I knew it was same owner. Yeah, same owner. Well, Dale Dips is the GM, but the person overseeing it is the person that oversees the GM responsibilities for the New Orleans Saints. So um, that that's you know it's just mind. It's just funny to me. So I think the New Orleans Saints did the, actually the NBA a favor by actually buying that team, but they don't know what they ought to do with it. So if Anthony Davis wanted to leave, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm actually okay with players wanting to go where they want to go because when you're an athlete you don't get a say on where you go to, where you want to you know play unlike you know us we can graduate from college or do whatever and pick the companies we want to work for but yet if you're at the top of your game in college you know you go to a crappy most likely a crappy organization in the nba so when they don't you know build the team or do whatever they're supposed to do for six seven years you want to leave i'm okay with it fans vilify it i really don't care i don't, I don't know how you guys feel when dwight howard wanted to leave i didn't care so you know, Anthony Davis no, yeah, I, leave all these players. Say la vie. Yeah, so, you know, when players want to leave and go other places and find better opportunities for themselves, I don't care because they're willing to make money. It's small. You know what I mean? Right. I, so I just want to know how you feel about that because I don't, hey, I don't hot, really care. No, I, I completely agree with you on that. Hot take. So I don't know if any of you guys got to see Charles Barkley tonight on TNT when he I mean, he was all over the place with, with, with his words. But the sentiment he said was the league should block the New Orleans Pelicans from trading uh, AD to the Lakers because, and he called, he used the word collusion, but he really meant tampering. And then he also called the commissioner Stern and not Silver. But he, what he was basically saying is they should just stop it. And I was, I, I was looking at that going, you've just got to be kidding me. And really, Charles, he's like, well, I told everybody this was going to happen a month ago. Yeah, we all knew that. It wouldn't be the first there was time. No mystery. I mean, you could, yeah, yeah exactly. Who forced his way out of Philadelphia to go to Phoenix for Kevin Johnson? Exactly. So orchestrated that. He orchestrated that. He's being a hypocrite. Yeah, you should have seen. Yeah. You should have seen Shaq's face. <laughs> Lakers are going to overtime. By the way. Yep, just seen it. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm with you both on that. Actually, 
I like the idea of the young guys being able to define their destiny. Um, if you want to go play somewhere else, go play somewhere else if you can make it happen. I do also, yep. it does seem that now, you know, the way it was where you can have one superstar on a team, a bunch of role players, how it was in the nineties, maybe two guys. Now that's kind of done. So it's almost like everybody's teaming up. Cause you have to, like yeah. if, there's no chance of, of winning with just it's one the guy on the team. And, and superhero movies, right? It's, you know, yeah. Yeah, the, why have one superhero when you can have, you know, you can yeah. have four. It's Justice League. Yeah. Exactly. Avengers I mean, the, every time. The, the culture is different, but also I hate that argument that Jordan never left, Magic never left. Have you seen Jordan's team? We have one of the best all-around players, the best yeah. European. The organization the kept the putting the right people around him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The best three-point shooter, the best coach. I mean, the Lakers, he had, what, worthy magic. I mean, da 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 I mean, you don't have to leave when you're Kobe or, all, or these other well, players when you got an organization that know what they're doing to put pieces around you. Each, but when you're Cleveland, sorry. when you're New Orleans, you leave. You have to. You I don't think leave. Each of those guys did say they would leave if they didn't figure it out, though. Yeah, and here's the, and the other people. There's a lot of people talking right now about the plight of the new the Pelicans because they're a small market team. <laughs> plight of the Pelicans, and that is not the reason why they're having their problems. They're having problems because they don't know how to run an organization. Right, because exactly. the New York Knicks are not a small market team. Correct. But no one's yeah. begging to go there because they yep. also do not know how to run an organization. The right. Chicago Bulls not a small market team. No one's trying to go there because no right. they don't know how to run their organization. The reason the Lakers right. are 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 going there cuz they have lots of money and they have LeBron and while I don't agree with Polinka and Magic they are running the organization the way LeBron sees fit and a lot of players agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing about the Bulls. The Bulls have never, ever, ever, if you look in NBA history, have never been a great organization. They were only a great organization nope. during the yep. Jordan years. That's it. That's yep. the only time. And even then, there was Jerry Krause issues and Jackson issues. And Go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, I was just saying, but and people were talking about blocking the Lakers. They're a big market team taking advantage of them. No one's ever said that about the Clippers. They play in the same damn place. Right. Literally, right. the same damn place. Right. <laughs> it's a Clipper yeah. home game tonight. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Exactly. In Oklahoma City, they had Harden, they had Durant, and they had Westbrook. They chose Westbrook over the over the other two. That's a big problem. Two. They still could be good. If they had the other two guys, but they they take yep. that Westbrook. Hawk the franchise. The day, so, I, I remember when I when when the, the GM of uh, OKC came out and started talking about how they had to make a decision between Harden and Serge Ibaka. Yep. And they decided that Ibaka was the better piece to build around yep. or to build with. Then Harden. Whoops. Yep, that's right. <laughs> but, but but I also heard though they didn't think that in Westbrook and uh um you know it wasn't came out but I also heard someone on TV somebody said it that they didn't think that Harden and uh, Westbrook would be able to work out long term so they chose they, they wouldn't have. they wouldn't have. And, and, it'd have been tough. there's not enough balls and there's not enough balls in an arena for those two right. to play on the same team right they they thought long term it wouldn't work yeah because yeah. Harden so. was coming off the bench right or was he starting yeah he was coming off yeah the bench. he was he was he was and yeah. still, yeah, still dropping twenty, going nuts, yeah. yeah. But they never, they weren't on the floor together. Got you, okay. Nice dropping forty three. Uh, were we talking about Dallas and New York trade? Yeah, that was that yeah, was a big ahead. one. I don't have much to say about it. Go ahead. Yeah. Can, okay. Well, I'll just say, you know, so I'll just run run through real quick. So Dallas gave up Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, both of which are expiring contracts and and, and possible buyouts. They got uh, they gave up Trey Burke, who's a decent player, averaging about eleven point eight games uh, points a game, and Dennis Smith Jr., who's obviously the small the the, the 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 focus on the player side, a solid ball dominating point guard. And then they gave up two first rounders. New York just gave up Porzingis, Courtney Lee, and Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway is actually solid. Um, anyways, at first I hated this trade for New York, but Porzingis made it clear that he wasn't the long term part of New York. Right. So they and they just freed up seventy one million dollars in cap space, enough for two more max free agents. They kept their possible top pick, i.e. Zion Williamson, and got two more. And D and DSJ is a good player if you add him to all their other pieces. And then there's also the talk that they're gonna trade DSJ for Lonzo if they end up getting him. Um so and that's a big if. But if things work out, they can have a team with a guy like Zion Williamson. DSJ or Lonzo, whatever you want to call it, KD, and then another max player, whether it's Kyrie, whether it's Boogie, or whether or not they make an offseason trade for AD because the Lakers don't get them using DSJ and picks. So 
at first, I, like I said, I really hated the idea. But when you add the picks in there, the extra two first rounders and them keeping their first round pick, um, you know, I, I think that, that it's pretty close to a tie. Dallas just put a formidable pair together in Dotsik and Port, uh, Porzingis, whose styles match up. They are, they're basically like another Dirk and Nash. And you know that that's exactly what Cuban was thinking when he put it together. Um, and they also seem to like each other. Um, they, they apparently yes. they're, they're friendly and, and cool. Um, they got rid of DeAndre Jordan, which was, which they realized was a mistake when they traded for him in the first time place because you can't win with that guy. I've been saying that for a long time. And Wesley Matthews is no harm, no foul. He decided to get put in the deal. So Porzingis has already apparently said that he would resign with Dallas after the trade came through. So any scare there is minimal. And so given the way the team is developing, you know, the, the two picks that they gave up are really not going to be all that outstanding, but they did get two possible stars in Doncic and Porzingis who probably match up pretty well. And you can put a team together with that way. So I think both teams did a pretty solid job of getting what they wanted and putting themselves in a position to get better. I think New York will find a way to screw it up because they always do. Um, you know, the worst thing they can do is give the ball to the uh, DSJ and let him go nuts in the second half of the season and reduce their lottery chances. Um, or did they decide to go pick up, you know, in the offseason, make their first max free agent a Timothy Mozgov. You know, we've <laughs> lived through that one yeah, yeah, where yeah. you're just going, what the heck are you thinking? And then they don't get KD or whoever. But if you had to force me to pick, I'd probably say Dallas because they got their two potential stars. But I, I, I honestly think it's pretty even on the trade. Yeah, I I'd um, agree. When you put it that way, I'd agree. When I saw the trade, um, I just knew right away when I heard it was expiring contracts going back to the next, I just said they were just trying to clear cap space. So if they're able to get Durant or somebody, maybe Tyree or somebody next you know, next season, I figured they won the trade because I don't think Persingas and um and Dodges are gonna, you know, make a dent in the West with, you know, how deep the West is. Um, you know, I'm sure it'll probably get some fans in the season for, for Dallas, but I don't think they'll make any noise. Well, but they don't have to be great right now, right? You just got it. One's in a rookie year. Right. Right. And the other one's in his, his junior year, whatever. He's his third year in the season, the league, right? Almost all these players, you know, but if these guys will be in their prime. LeBron will be retired. KD will be almost done. AD will be almost done. You know, uh, Curry and Clay and all those, hopefully, you know, they'll be towards the end, but not at the end. They just put two guys that are in, what, their early 20s. I think Doncic is not even 21 yet. I think he's like 19, right? Um, something like that. And then uh, Porzingis, I think, is 20 or uh, 21. So, you know, you've got, if you put the team together, you've got 10 years, 12 years to build a dynasty with those two. They can make change. Well, they can make waves. It's a, it's a long well, time. Well, what I was thinking is that whole thing, if they win the trade, has to do with Porzingis. Because, you know, when big guys get hurt early, they usually yeah. have a history of keeping get, to keep getting hurt. And he's already coming off an ACL injury. He hasn't played this year. So I think it all depends on the health or how well, I would say health and how well, yeah. Porzingis plays. If Agreed. he goes back to what he was and still gets a little bit better, then, then yeah, so they can make some noise. But until then, I mean, I've seen it too many times. Big men get hurt early, and they just keep having these lingering injuries that happen year, year after year. So we'll see what happens. There's also, he's there's, a nice player, though. Yeah, and there's also Paul George, right, who has every year since his injury has gotten better, and right now just looks amazing. Um, yep. I, I think of him actually when I when people start ragging on uh, um, the the dude from uh, Boston who's not playing very well, well right now. Um, Hayward, uh, yeah, Gordon Hayward. He, he yeah. you know, he's he's back a little early, and uh, I think next year he'll get better, and the year after that, I think he'll get back to where he was. He's not, he's not as, he's not Paul George, but, but I, along I don't lines. know if you guys noticed, but um, they actually, on, on, Oklahoma City actually played better when Russell Westbrook is not on the court and Paul George is. I don't know if you guys, oh, noticed I noticed. That. Yeah, I, they play much better if Russell shoots less. And, and Paul George shoots more. Now, this team is going to be just how they do in the playoffs for me, of course. But as far as regular season is concerned, you know, Paul George is, is looking good. But, you know, it's, you know his legacy guess, or whatever you want to call it is going to be judged in the playoffs. I think you, you, all three of us were talking last March Madness, and I said my dream situation, since they were talking about three max free agents at the Los Angeles Lakers, had absolutely nothing to do with KD and had absolutely nothing to do with LeBron. It was Paul George, Clay, uh, Clay Thompson, and Kawhi Leonard. The three best two-way players, I think, in the league. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. Let's. Um, so we go from there. 
I think we should let's bounce to college football and then we'll end off on the NFL so we can uh, end with the Super Bowl, which is Sunday. Um, cool. Talk to me about this college transfer thing. I know All you right. posted so some of the thread, up. but I don't understand. I don't really understand it. Yeah, I'll Let set us know. up. I'll set up Jason. You can start, but I'll set it up. So Tate Martell is transferring to the University of Miami from Ohio State. He is now petitioning the NCAA to allow him to play next year instead of having to sit out a season. Um, and his logic is that Urban Meyer leaving Ohio State has caused his desire to transfer and therefore created a hardship for him to stay at Ohio State. And therefore, he should be granted the exemption to play next year. Um, and so I'll, I'll leave it at that. So okay. the, the, the question is, the impact would be that if the NCAA allows this, they're basically saying that players can transfer when coaches leave. And that impact would create what could be amounted to as a level of free agency amongst college players. Um, I'll leave, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave my opinion out, but you go first, Jason. Okay. All right. So, yeah, and but and, and just to, to quote, he said those words after he said he was going to stay in Ohio State and compete. So something must have happened to where he said, oh, well, I guess I'm a transfer now. But to go back to what you're saying, I coaches are able to do pretty much whatever they want in college football, you know, leave, don't coach the ball game, don't tell the team they're leaving, blah, blah, blah. So if a player wants to leave and because the coach left, and most of the time that's why they're going to the school anyway, I say let the, let the players do it. But here's the thing I have. Let's just say a coach recruited, you know, 80 players on the team. And well, if 80 players want to transfer because the coach left, I don't know how that's going to work because they're going to have to fill the team some way, somehow. Maybe you have an answer B, I don't know. But I say if a player wants to leave and the coach leaves, I think uh, I think they should be able to do it. So here's here's what's funny. If I had I this is, and I'm not I'm, I'm speculating here. Had the team that was going to receive the player been someone other than the University of Miami, I feel like you might have gone a different direction with this. I feel like this is kind of an extension of the conversation we had at the very beginning of our podcast when we were talking about players getting paid, players being free agency and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. I, I, they should absolutely be allowed to transfer when, wherever they want to play, uh, in my opinion, wherever they want to go, and they should be able to play immediately. If there's a rule, any rule that you put in place to block a transfer, the only one that I could possibly be supportive of is that you can't play, you can't transfer and play immediately within the conference. If you want to transfer within the conference, sit out a year. But other than that, if you go someplace outside of the conference, free reign. Uh, And you can't use the education excuse because I've said that's BS since forever. But in this case, you know, college transfer uh, credits transfer. Um, I'll say this about Martell. I don't really believe that Martell is heartbroken that the coach that didn't play him last year and made him redshirt the year before right. the team. That's not why yep. he's hurt. I also yep. think, I, I just think that this is an extension of, uh, of the conversation about the kids having to make these long-term contracts at 17 and 18 to a school that doesn't have to make the same commitment to them. Players don't sign contracts. Coaches do, but they don't seem to matter. Code, the, the school can get out of them and the, the coaches can get out of them. Players sign applications to play at it, to, to go to a school. And the NCAA implies a contract from that and a commitment in perpetuity and then penalizes these 18 and 19 year olds for changing their minds, but not the schools and not the coaches. It's all crap to me. Let the kids roam if they want to. And, you know, as I've said before, let them pay them too. But, you know, the one thing that I think you mentioned, you something changed. Um, I don't. I didn't know this. I did some some research, and so this is certainly not something I knew off the top of my head. But he played at Bishop Gorman, uh, Martell, and the right. starting tight end. And what's his name? Uh, uh, Jordan, so yes, and Bubba. Bubba Jordan is, is a tight end, and Bubba Bolden yep. both played high school ball with them. And apparently, right. Brevet Jordan and him were uh, both. Not only well, were a good pair, they, they threw a lot of balls at each other, they were back and forth, and they, so they know each other really well. Right. I'm going to guess right. that the difference was when Breva said, "Hey, man, let's do this. Come out here. You know, that's 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 a done deal. You're going to be able to play first year. You know, Miami's a def- is built around their defense right now with this current coach. You know, all we need is somebody who's a 
what, the number two dual threat when he was being recruited out of college, um, quarterback in the country. Uh, and he played in the number one uh, school for football at that point in time at Bishop Gorman. So, you know, I don't, I haven't seen Tate Martell. I don't know him, but the kid could clearly play at one point. So um, I think that he got a call from the friends and said, hey, let's do this. No different than what we're uh, talking about with AD and, and LeBron. <laughs> yeah. So he admitted, yeah, he did talk to Berman Jordan before making up his mind to go to Miami. That's that's absolutely true. We talked to, they never he was forty five and 0 as a starter. He never lost to a starter in the high school uh at Bishop Gorman. Um Tate Martell, you know, from a little bit I've seen him. I mean, if he, he has some skill, he definitely needs to play more. Um Miami's a different opportunity because we just have quarterback hell at the at the school, which is one of the reasons why Mark Rick retired. He just couldn't find a quarterback to run his offense. So um hopefully Tate Martell can come in and help. Uh, probably play right away as well. Um, I really, like I said, I don't think it's because uh, Urban Meyer left. I just think that was a reason he could use to try to get out of Ohio State because he knows he's not starting next year, which is another point that, uh, that that's missed. He's not starting next year. The, the other guy is going to start. I forgot his name. So he wants to get out of there. But like I said, if the coach leaves, he should be able to leave too. They break contracts all the time, and the, the, the players should be able to have a say on where they go, except within division because I think that's unfair. Uh, advantage at least for a year or so but yeah i, I agree with pretty much what you said i like it i like it okay um lakers are still looks like they're up two maybe i can't they're cutting in and out on yeah TNT. uh lance stevenson just got a technical after the ball got ripped out of his hand and he pushed up into a player but uh they're up by uh they're up by what five i think right now and yeah they're up nice. by five and uh but they're lou williams is about to shoot a, a technical free throw 24 seconds left Gotcha. Okay. Good looks. Um, so let's hop to the NFL. We're still on football. To, let's go to pro football. Let's start with the, um, the call from the um, NFC Championship game, New Orleans and the Rams. It's uh, coming down to the wire, and there is an obvious pass interference. And also, I mean, it was like 12 calls, pass interference. It was targeting. It was helmet to helmet. Um, it was, and, it, and he did it twice in the game and got away with both of them. Yeah, and uh, Roby Coleman, which the one reason I did respect it is at the end of the game, he got on there like, yep, I'm sorry, fans, they missed it. I definitely did it. I was waiting for the whistle, but they didn't call it, so I kept it moving. That's the realest talk ever. He didn't try and play like, oh, you know, I made a great play, and that's some great players, too. He literally was like, man, hey, you get lucky sometimes, and that's one reason why I was like, you know, it happens. He just kept it extra real, so I was cool with that, but the NFL – hasn't really said anything too much or done anything or they really can't um but kind of what do you guys think about that did you see the play you know what was your first reaction and what is your your thoughts on it now uh i'm, be, I'm gonna be quick B. um i saw it um of course it's obvious i mean i'm definitely not going to deny that uh sean McVay was a little arrogant in his response saying he appreciated that the referees let the let the guys play which is a bunch of BS, but yep. um, there was a, a play earlier in the game though where uh, obvious face mask against Derek Goff, uh, you know, by near the goal line that wasn't called as well. But um, just just me as a person, I just don't think that was the um, watching that game. That was the uh, reason why they lost the game. Uh, the Saints pretty much blew that to me. They should have won that game. Yeah, that's uh, right. they had a chance to stop the Rams. They didn't. Now that play was huge and possibly, you know, seriously the wrong team. It's probably in the Super Bowl. But it's hard for me to say that if that pass interference was, was you know was called, that they absolutely guaranteed would have won the game, which is pretty yeah. close. They probably would have definitely. But I don't think that one play because the Saints actually messed up in that game, and I still think that one play is the reason why they lost. They didn't. They weren't that sharp, like you know, over the past. So it's the Dallas Cowboy game. They just haven't been that sharp, and it's been little things that's fallen through the cracks. They haven't been doing well, and they had to stop the Rams, you know, later and after that, and they didn't do it. So. um but it, I, I, I still don't understand how you missed that that call though. I, that's one thing that's, that I'm never going to actually look at. How do you not? If that's not passing appearance to somebody, then actually what it is? So that was crazy. But that's my take on it. Got you, Brian. So yeah, it was clearly a bone call. There's no reason to spend time on that. I mean, it, but I also believe that it clearly cost the New Orleans a game. Sports Science, which does all types of stuff, said that had the play been called, they had a 99.7% chance of winning the game, and they had something like a 98% chance um, uh, prior to that. And then after that, when sorry, prior if the call had just been redone or something like that, but it was like 99.7 chance of, of them winning the game had the call been made. Um, so yeah, I think that's about as, as, as 
you know, clear as you can get, right? They're going to, they're going to get the call. They're going to go down the field. They're going to kick a field goal or do what they're going to do. They're going to win the game. Um, but that's, it is what it is. I agree that everyone should be pissed and want to run the NFL over the razor blades for it. I don't believe anything else is going to happen. And I don't even think anything needs to happen. Blown calls are happening. Blown calls occur. Yep. But here's the problem. The problem is the league and especially Goodell's lack of response. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later when we're doing our thing, but Goodell is just a sham. I mean, he said nothing yesterday when he was actually asked about it that he couldn't have said on Monday. The league made a mistake. It's too bad. They'll look into ways to make it not happen again. Yada, yada, yada. Nothing useful. Um, and the coaches will likely push for the ability to, to challenge judgment calls in the offseason because that's been the hot topic. And, you know, the NFL, but it, and it'll probably happen, right? They'll, they'll probably be able to do that. And I think that's good. So ultimately, this horrible event, this horrible call will allow for something that I think needed to happen, which is the ability to challenge judgment calls because judgment calls can have mistakes attached to them in a split second just the same way that a non-quote-unquote judgment call can. Um, so anyways, that's it. Uh, I'll talk more about you know Goodell in a minute, but uh, that's, that's just kind of where I land on it. I don't know, Jason, you had any thoughts about the uh, Goodell's uh, response and, and then the likelihood of being able to challenge the judgment calls. No, we all know the NFL's arrogant, and so it didn't surprise me that Goodell came out days and days later just to say something. He works for the owners. I mean, not and, and, and just to, um, <clears throat> about the vote for the competition, the competition committee. You know, Jerry Jones has said he wouldn't, he's not going to vote for you know having you know replays or whatever on you know pass interference calls and stuff like that. You know, he believes you know stuff just happened like some other people do, but you know if they do it, I just hope they find a way to do it where it just doesn't cause a whole lot of you know, interruption time uh, yeah. during the game. I just wanted to be, you know, kind of quick or whatever if they do, but that's just a bad look for the NFL, to be perfectly honest with you. But I don't think it'll affect anything uh, come, Super, come Super Bowl time. And and personally, I believe that, you know, the wrong team probably won this one that won the game, the Rams, but I also think the wrong team won in the New England Kansas City game because Kansas City, to me, just blew it all the way around. Just so many things they just did wrong in that game as well. But, I'm still going to enjoy the Super Bowl no matter what. <clears throat> Fair enough. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So you got that. So, yeah, I guess perfect segue. Let's get into – I don't know what you guys had on here for Tom Brady. Uh, we're going to get into the Super Bowl picks, but what did you have on well, here for Brady? Let me just – okay. Let me. So I'll, I'll start with Brady. Um, I, I think simply put, he's proven he's the greatest of all time. And I don't – and, and any debate at this point is just – kind of, you know, arguing at the air, but in the stats, right? He's got five rings. Only Charles Haley um, is the only person who has, the other person has five. He had two with San Francisco, three with Dallas. Uh, since 1970, right, that's before Tom Brady was even born, most conference title games, Steelers 16, 49ers 15, Cowboys 14, Brady 11. He's tied with the Raiders at 11. Um, the list of records that Brady owns, regular season wins by a starting quarterback, 207. Most passing yards, regular season in playoffs, 81,431. Most passing touchdowns, postseason included, 590. Most touchdowns thrown to different receivers, 71. Division title, 16. Playoff game started, 39. Playoff wins, 29. Playoff touchdown passes, 73. Playoff passing yards, 10,917. Super Bowl appearances, 9. Super Bowl wins, 5. Super Bowl MVPs, 4. Super Bowl touchdown passes, 18. Super Bowl passing yards, 2,000. 576 those are all records that are owned and by a great margin over uh over everybody else and then there's the ones he's going to get eventually most passing touchdowns which he'll get next season but you know drew uh drew Brees has a chance to, to actually compete with him on that one in the in the finals um pro bowls um and great game winning drives he's most likely to have fourth quarter comebacks he's mostly half game started he's most likely to have so you know the record books he's just annihilated them yeah. But most importantly, the guy just wins. And at a certain point in time, you just have to acknowledge that he is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's proven it over and over and over and over again. And and um, I, I just don't see how it can be denied at this point. That's that's it. That's all I'll say about Brady. Who sees the goat? <laughs> yeah. You know, nothing, 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 nothing major. I think you said it all. Yeah. <laughs> nothing major. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think Brady's great. I just think him and Montana are the best ever. I think one thing that also that helps Brady though 
I know Peter King believes this as well, that being um, at the rules are kind of lax on quarterbacks where you can't really touch them. I think that helps Brady's longevity or a lot of quarterbacks' longevity because in the era of Montana, you can literally just pick up a quarterback and just slam his head into the ground. And so I, I just think, you know, the way defense is played now, I think it helps Brady, but it does not take away from any of his accomplishments mm-hmm. and what he's done. Um, I just think I, I think I just think the Patriots this season, I mean, when you had people were talking about the Malcolm Butler controversy, whatever, you know, before the season started, and then their number one draft pick didn't play where they had to uh, make a trade with the 49ers to get Trent Brown a lineman because their lineman who they drafted didn't play all season. You had, you know, Deion Lewis and Butler gone. Uh, Edelman suspended the first four games. And then, you know, the New England, I mean, <laughs> being out there in Kansas City blew it, and New England still won that playoff game. Uh, you know, in uh, in Kansas City. I mean, they, Kelsey only had, what, 20-something yards receiving. He only had one catch. Um, I still think, you know, Kansas City blew it, but you got to give them any credit. They went in there and they won. And surprisingly, what I didn't know was that that was Brady's fourth playoff win, which actually ties him with Mark Sanchez with four role playoff wins. That I did not know. Brady and Sanchez in the same category for something. But that shows you sometimes how, you know, that's the misreading. But, um, but yeah, I just I just think Brady's phenomenal. Uh, I won't get into my Super Bowl pick right now. Um, I'll let Brian go first in that if we are for doing picks. But um, but yeah, I, I love Tom. We're doing picks. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, B. Okay, it's real simple. I do not bet against Brady, so yeah. I'm gonna pick the Patriots. What's, uh, <laughs> what's your final? It's score? just that it, it's just that simple. It's not that I don't think the Rams are outstanding. It's not that uh, it, I'm going to make myself a very popular person over here in Los Angeles, including my household, where my son is a huge Rams fan or a, a, a Rams fan. I don't know that Austin's a huge <laughs> any any fan. Yeah, but, PSG uh, only. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, but the but I'm going to take the Patriots. I, you know, I just don't pick against Brady because he's proven why you don't. I agree. Uh, uh, for me. I'm picking the Rams. Uh, I just think everything is the I think it was a perfect situation for the Rams in San Diego. Uh, you know, San Diego playing those back-to-back and the back road games or whatever, and uh, you know, coming to New England for early time. So I think that benefited New England. Uh, I think a lot, everything that New England wanted to do last week against a couple weeks ago against Kansas City, run the ball, keep the homes off the field. I mean, if you just look at the, the, the disparity in stats, yards, plays, et cetera, they just massively tilted on New England's side, yet the game still went into overtime and uh, New England pulled it out. Um, I just think I just think Wade Phillips, uh, he got Brady when he was with Denver, when Denver won the Super Bowl. I saw how Brady looked that game. He did not look that good. That's the first time ever I saw Brady look from the first play of the game. And Wade Phillips is the defense coordinator for the Rams. He still has, you know, maybe a couple guys in that team like the team to lead. And I just think eventually the lack of playmakers on the outside for New England is going to kill them. I think for them to win, they're definitely going to have to run the ball. I don't see Brady throwing for, you know, 370 yards or whatever. They're going to have to be effective running the ball just like they were with KC. I don't think they can do it. And also KC's game plan of rushing three at Brady was absolutely stupid. Uh, I, mean, I know that the uh, way Phillips will not do that because the way to beat Brady, if you want to try to beat him, you have to get pressure up the middle. And I think the Rams will be able to do it. And I just think they'll be able to make enough plays in the game to actually beat uh, New England. And uh, so I have the Rams winning by at least six points uh, wow. for the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. B, do you have, yeah. do you have so a I'll, point? I'll, yeah, I'll say I agree with everything you just said except for the ending score, right? I just think that all, <laughs> everything, you know, if, if – it's absolutely possible that the Rams can win. And I believe that the Rams win. Aaron Donald's going to be the MVP because Aaron Donald is the guy who can make everything, make it happen. Right. You get pressure on Brady. Great. Well, you know, Aaron Donald live in the backfield every all off all, all um, in the last game. So it, it is possible. I'm just not going to bet against Brady. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of people I, like that. A lot of people yeah. like that. Yeah. And 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 I but I do think it'll be closer. Um, at least, obviously, if you see the Patriots winning, you see a lower scoring game. You see a uh, a ball again, another game where they run the ball a lot and use um, Brady to make great plays when he needs to make great plays. You know, two hundred and eighty to two hundred ninety yards, maybe right around three hundred. But you're right, no three seventy either way, because that's the way that they're going to have to win. Um, so you know I, that's that's why I see it that way. But there's nothing you said that that 
you know, then I would be like, oh, there's no way. There's because both of those games did go into overtime. Both of those games probably shouldn't have gone into overtime. <laughs> um, but in, in the end, I just I think Brady will find a way when when there's a key decision that needs to be made. I have more confidence that Brady and Belichick will be able to figure it out in the game when it has to happen than McVay, who is amazing as a coach, um, and Goff at this point in time in the That's yeah. that. And uh, Lakers won by three in overtime. Yep. Yeah. Saw that. You know, and oh, with a Rondo block. Oh, wow. And something I just read, um, the New Orleans Pelicans removed Anthony Davis from their uh, from their hype video. I saw that, yeah. Still doing the game. That came out, yeah, that came out this uh, – this, well, they did it last night. Um, really? It came out this morning. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he's getting traded. Then I just think he's getting traded now. He's <laughs> taking more from the hype video. He's well, traded. look. Have you ever heard of a team asking the league to find its own player? <laughs> you know that happened, right? New Orleans. The New Orleans came out. Yeah. And said, we want you to apply the letter of the law. And like 15 minutes later, like, great. Here you go, AD. Here's fifty thousand dollars, which is the equivalent of like seventy-eight bucks to the average American. It's a, it's a parking okay. ticket. He, he makes that. I think <laughs> every couple that, minutes. Though. You know, here's the thing. The NBA wants his players to talk on, on social media about everything. You can talk about the president, social issues, blah, 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 blah. But when you talk about something basketball related, you know, something you do, then they find you for it. I actually think that fine was just to appease the New Orleans organization. I don't think they really well, care. I think the NBA knew that they had to do something because there is an actual law that says you're not allowed to publicly in the media demand a trade. Right. And that right. was why you got fined. Uh, right. $50,000 to a guy making what $24 million amounts right. to eight minutes of uh, time right. to pay for it. So it's yeah. not, you know, it, it was symbolic. They had to do something because, because um, there is a rule there that clearly states you cannot publicly demand a trade. Right, Porzingis didn't get it because Porzingis didn't publicly demand the trade. That's how it's going to Porzingis ask. went in the office and said, "Hey, I want to be traded," and then he walked out and shut up. Where did yeah. Where did AD publicly say it though? Um, I believe is I believe is a well, it was Rich Paul who oh, made the announcement for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch, Rich Paul said that he's now who put out the press release or put out the t- the tweet or whatever and said that he he's uh he's demanded a, he's officially asked for a trade request. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And, interesting. Uh, and like I said, I don't think anything happened just coincidence. It just so happened they had he announced his trade request during the morning of the start of Super Bowl week, which is, you know. Yep. You know, so got people talking about the NBA instead of actually Super Bowl. So I'm hearing a lot of people talking about Anthony Davis and other stuff regarding the NBA and not Well, that, but that's Bowl. Yeah, that's but that's the NBA's really great marketing in that they know how do you make themselves relevant during Super Bowl week? You make it right. the week before the trade deadline. Right. 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 Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Man, I, I like where we're going here, man. I think this is a, this is a pretty good show. Um, all right. So, I mean, we got through all our topics. We can round it off with a minute to win it. Um, this is our, you know, minute rant about whatever you want to do. Um, Coop, had you thought about yours? If so, you could start because I know Brian already has man, some planned. You know, usually, I like to keep mine sports related, man. But uh, at this point, at this uh, this point in time, man, I just have to give shouts out to my aunt Carol, man, who I love so much, who passed away. I would say maybe about a week ago, man. I, um, you know, she pretty much watched me grow up on the last almost fifteen, twenty years or so. Now, I just remember the, the advice she gave me and things. You know, she really, you know. Um, you know, uh, I guess I would say complimenting me on or whatever and things I was doing in my life. And, you know, she always believed in, you know, what I can do and my abilities. And, um, you know, it just hasn't let that day go by since I, uh, since she passed away that I, uh, that I don't, you know, don't think about it, you know, and, um, I miss her a lot. Um, I love her so much. And, um, you know, it's just, um, I just haven't, I've accepted the fact, but it's just hard for me to, you know, to see that, you know, she's gone now. So, um, so now I've got to give shots out to my aunt Carol, man. I just love her. Love her so much. I miss her. Rest in peace, Grammy. Brian? Uh, I'll second everything you just said. I, yeah, I know I'm not really supposed to comment on what you said, but but yes, all yeah. of that. Um, so mine is on the other spectrum of, of, of human beings. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to start like with, uh, with Goodell. Um, who is just a piece of crap. 
Um, and he's been one long before this week, but his failure to address the situation in New Orleans was just pathetic to watch. Um, he also, you know, glanced over another topic, which, uh, when asked, which was, you know, it's tomorrow begins uh, Black History Month, and he glanced over the topic of black coaches in the NFL, which basically disappeared overnight this offseason. Um, and, and Goodell has just made it clear that he doesn't care about whether it's right or wrong, simply making a lot of money for himself. Correct. And if the owners can even get in on that deal, congrats to them. But he, I don't even think he really cares about them either. And it's impossible to me to understand how this man earns $40 million a year. Now, no players making $40 million a year. Goodell makes $40 million a year. He ignores controversy until it just goes away. He avoids the civil topics such as player, players taking a knee, collusion by teams, and the racial inequality that goes on in the NFL. Um, and if you can name anything substantive that he has done or enacted to help the league, I would be shocked. He is simply just the lucky SOB who has been in charge during a time when the league has gotten hot. Um, as I've said on this podcast and in general a long time, there's also a flip side to that. And that's the NBA. The NBA is a better league run by a better person going in a better direction. The the NBA has given their support, their player support. When they talk about racial injustice issues, Jason actually talked about that a moment ago and other hot political topics. The NBA has made strides in having equality among coaches, genders, races with Becky Hammond looking very like a very good possibility to become the first female head coach in an all male league. She's already the first female assistant coach. Um, the league has shown that when problems come up, that they will address it, act track if necessary, make course corrections if necessary. An excellent example of that was when they changed the ball and had the debacle. And that was way back in 2006. So it's not like they just started doing this stuff beginning. But Adam Silver has really, really differentiated himself as a human being um, and, and somebody that is leading an organization of, of, of people. Um, he was also the commissioner when Donald Sterling got his lifetime ban. But to put a point on that, Adam Silver did that two months after he got the job of commissioner. No, that's balls. I mean, straight up. That's just that's that is gutsy to go over there and say, hey, long term person that everybody knew was racist. And Donald uh, uh, David Stern knew was a racist and all this other stuff. You're out. That's tough. Two months after you got the job. So I even did as part of research on this. I'm like, I mean, let me find the dirt. Let me find out why I'm wrong. And I did a search for Adam Silver controversy. See what came up and what where I where I was wrong. And it was just a bunch of articles about how Adam Silver had addressed the controversies such as Donald Trump, Donald Sterling, the anthem and other issues. So hats off to the NBA and uh, and Donald and sorry, and uh, Adam Silver um hats off to to Roger Goodell and the NFL um two leagues going in the, the wrong in the opposite directions uh and one that I can stand behind and, and one that I kind of look at cross-eyed every once in a while which is the NFL fair enough okay um actually I could segue off that so my thing now is my uh plea to the leagues the NFL and the NBA to please make the games as exciting as the drama off the field or off the court. Why am I so excited about NBA trades and rumors way more than the actual games? I'm all over Twitter looking at Chris Dobb getting traded. Didn't even know that the Lakers are playing the Warriors Saturday. Didn't know who's playing. Didn't care about the games today. It's just not exciting right now. Um, and then the NFL, I mean, you know, for all the trades and all the stuff that happened with my team, the Raiders, it was all the whole point of following us this year was off field stuff was who's going to get cut, where's going to happen, where are we going to play? Nothing to do with actual on field play besides maybe a few quarters out of the season. I think the leagues can definitely do better just competition wise to make these games more exciting um, by staying out of the way with the referees. You know, that call for the Rams definitely turned a lot of people off. We thought, all thought that was terrible. The face mask earlier was bad in that game. I mean, there's just there's tons of stuff that call in the Patriots uh, Chiefs game when dude whiffed and slapped. He hit Brady on the chest like a pro wrestler and they called a roughing the passer penalty, which gave him a first down on like third. You guys can do way better than the NBA as well. I mean, you know, I don't know how you get the parody back, but. You know, there's so many games that are just meaningless and pointless in the 82 that people just don't care about. 
So that's my rant, man. Please somehow figure out how to make the games. Make me want to watch the game as much as I want to know the drama. I'm always interested at trade deadline, at free agency deadline, who's going to go where. But during the games, I'm kind of, eh, maybe I'll watch, maybe I won't. So that's my thing. Um, also, for what Jason said, you know, I'm recording at Grammy's house right now, Cinderella Studios. So rest in peace always to my grandma. I've been, I moved to San Jose to be with her um, and am thankful that I had those three years. I love her always, and she's always going to be with me. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll be using her phrases and her statements forever. So um, I love you both, man. I thank y'all for letting Brian and Jason let me be on this show with you. My older brothers who are have been amazing influences on my life, um, examples on, you know, the right things to do, sometimes the wrong things to do, which we laugh about. But I love you guys very much, and I thank y'all for letting me uh, let me host the show and, and produce, man. So is there anything else y'all want to y'all say before we get up out of here? No, I'm just uh, yeah. Second, to all of that. Uh, yep. Glad to be doing a new year. This is a lot of fun. This is a great show, I think. Uh, and uh, you know, um, looking forward to seeing you both in in, in person in the not too distant future. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then uh, March March Madness next month as well. So um, we'll be getting uh, recording another live show. I'm sure. So love you all. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, that's the Sports Counterpoint podcast. This is episode eight, I believe. Um, sorry if I'm wrong. It's been a a long couple weeks and a long night. But uh, anyway, love you all. Thank you for everything. And we out. We out. We out.